0: This podcast is brought to you by the Tampa Bay Podcast Network. Well, hello, hello, my lovely drumsters. It's Dawn Marie, a host this evening on The Little Drummer Girl. Today, we have Ken Mary, who was on the Tampa Jam Virtual Summit a while back. So this is part of the series. I want you to hear from him because he had so much great information about how he learned more than drumming. He was also a producer and engineer and he created his own studio. So for any of you who may be interested in dabbling in a couple of other things, you got to check out Ken's story here. All right, here we go. I'm so excited to have with us today, Ken Mary. He's a drummer who's worked with Alice Cooper, John Waite, and now with Flotsam and Jetsam. He has worked on over 35 albums worldwide with sales of over $5 million. He has gone and done more than drumming. He's moved into songwriting and producing and engineering, you name it. He's worked on it. So we have a lot to cover with him today. Let's get him with us right now. Ken, thank you so much for being with us here today. I'm so excited because the last time we spoke was when I first started my podcast. And I know you have so many things going on since then. So I just want to catch up and see what's going on. Thank you. The last time I caught up with you, you were on tour with Flotsam and Jetsam. How long have you been with them?
1: I think about two and a half years now.
0: Oh wow! Awesome. And
1: uh, and I did the last record uh, called "The End of Chaos," and we're um, completing a new album called "Brace for Impact," and that's going to be coming out on AFM Records. We were actually oh, wow. we were actually supposed to be on tour. Um, all through May and June and the summer doing festivals in Europe and I think some fall shows. And
0: you always have your hands on a lot of cookie jars. So you not only are a drummer, you know, you produce, you do engineering work. You've worked with some of the top producers and engineers, you know, that have worked with people like Janet Jackson. And my question is, when you were in the studio working with him, were they like open to sharing their secrets with you, or were they kind of like, "You can't watch me do this"? You know, like, were they were they open to sharing, and so that you could learn how to do more of the business that you do in the? Studio? Sure, that's a great
1: question. And all you know, I was very blessed to work with some amazing producers, guys like Andy Johns, who engineered all the Led Zeppelin albums and worked on some of the huge Van Halen albums, um, guys like Michael Wagner, who worked on Metallica, Megadeth. Janet Jackson was one of the ones you mentioned. He worked with on one of her records. Um, a guy named Mac who worked with Queen. Uh, he, he did a lot of the Queen, you know, major uh, Queen records. So I, I really had an opportunity to work with some incredible uh, teachers, I would say. And the ones that I worked with, um, I had great experiences with, and they were very open to sharing what they knew. And, you know, for instance, Michael Wagner uh, is a friend of mine and he was mixing down Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears. And I would go and hang out with him and, you know, we'd go have lunch and then come back and mix down some classic songs that, you know, today you hear on the radio, they're, they're, they're classics that have stood the test of time. And, and uh, it was really cool to be in the, in the mix down for, for those kinds of things. And seeing what Michael did and seeing what kind of process thing, and seeing what kind of effects and and how he worked the you know the process of mixing and so yeah it was he's he's one of the engineers i would say i learned probably the the most from just as i spent the most time with him but you know i definitely learned from everybody and and some very uh i would say useful information for sure if you pay attention and you're working with people that are talented mm. you're going to learn a tremendous amount so that's the one thing i would always tell younger musicians is if you have the opportunity to work with somebody that's sold millions and millions of records um you know even guys like desmond child he's he's written oh. you know huge hit songs for sure. aerosmith bon jovi and everybody under the sun and I did one record with him and he was in the studio and I was doing drums on this particular album and there were all these changes going on and he was making all these changes that seemed to me like on the fly. He's like, okay, we'll put a build here. Okay. Put a break here, do this, do that. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this guy really wrecked the song. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and by the time it was done and I heard the final album, I was like, wow, this is brilliant. Cause he knew what was in his head and he mm. knew what he wanted to hear and uh, you know, but of course, you know, you, you learn. You know, you learn that okay. You know, sometimes these changes and these things that seem disruptive or whatever really are something that creates some magic in the in the material. So yeah, you learn a lot from writers and producers and um, even musicians. You know, you can learn a tremendous amount if you're open to to being taught and you're paying
0: attention. And that right there is key. Is that you get it, what you just said is to be open to learning because I think. As artists, we can always think, you know, we're always right and we're never wrong. (laughs) And so uh, being open to learning is really important. And that's something that I myself have been doing for years because I feel like, you know, there's so much to learn. I'm always open to learning something new. And as a friend of mine used to say, every day is a school day. So, you know, I feel like everything you learn can take you on another step closer to your goals, to your dreams. And those amazing things that can happen in your life that you sometimes don't expect. You mentioned you have a couple new projects that are going on with uh, an animated movie. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. One of the businesses that I have is a recording studio, and it's uh, you know if anybody wants to check out what type of studio, it's a full SSL real mixing console facility that I've had. I mean, I've had Sonic Fish Productions since 1990. I think six as an official company, but we really moved into like a commercial facility around 2003. And so for 17 years, we've, we've had, you know, a, a very successful commercial entity. And so right now we've had to make a move more from audio products. I mean, we used to do probably 80 or 90% of our work would be albums and songs. And now we're, we've moved a lot into movies and television and doing even things like foley work which is in an animated film for instance every sound that's in that film has to be created whether it's a door opening or uh, birds in the background or you know somebody picking something up picking an item up or whatever you have to put in the sound effects for everything that happens wow. and it's a very time-consuming process and then you also have to do things like really attempt to move the lip sync in time with the animation because a lot of times the animators will, will do the animation to the lip sync, but it's not exactly locked up. So once they're done with their animation, you'll go back in and you might move some of the words around or change the timing, like time compress or expand them a little bit. And so you have that and then you have the actual music, which we've been scoring and mixing, and then you have the, the mixing of the entire project, and then you have the mixing of the project not only in stereo, but then you have to mix it in five one, um, which is a whole other format where you have multiple sounds coming out of multiple speakers, and that's that's a lot of fun. I mean, I really enjoy it, but it's it's also another skill that you have to learn, and so yeah, there's it's a, it's a very intense process and it's a very involved process, but we're having a great time. and We're working on a film right now called Two Pennies. We've been working on that film for a few years now and the animation is all being done in China. So Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the cost of animation is so expensive and they're able to do it a little bit um, less expensively. So that's one of the major projects we have going on and there's some other things like you mentioned as well.
0: So, for instance, this movie, how long in length would you say is the, the actual movie, and how long has it been to actually, you know, from start to finish, how long has it been to produce? Well, we've been
1: involved from the very beginning, and the, the process for this movie, um, because it's, a, um, it's not a, a large-budget movie, it's not a movie, if you look at a, uh, some of the films, that are animated like let's take frozen for instance mm. and then you take frozen 2 you look at the budgets for that you know you're talking 80 million you know 150 million dollars and if you look at these if you look at the credits at the end of the movie, there's hundreds and <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people involved. And so, so they're able to do a, a huge movie like that in about a year, a year and a half. Mm. Uh, we've been working on this realistically, I'd say for about four years, but our team is so much smaller. We have, And then the process is so intense. And we've been involved from the actual, there's a stage called animatics, and that's where Um, An artist with, you know, pencil drawings actually makes a animated, the movie is broken down into sequences and each sequence might be, you know, a minute to three minutes long, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit shorter, but each shot and each scene has to be laid out in actual artwork and also Uh, Then they will do something called an animatic, which is where you fill in the blanks in the artwork and you make a, a motion picture that's about five frames per second, maybe three to five frames per second of rough animation. And that's how the actual 3D animation artists will base their animation by looking at the animatics. It's all time coded to the hundredth of a second and they'll go through and they'll they'll model things like the facial expressions and the movements and the music will already be put in. Some of the, some of the music will be scratched, but all that's in all the rough dialogue is in. So they're able to, to take that animatic and actually create animation from it. So that process for us, you know, it's been about a four year process, but we're getting very close to the end now.
0: It's amazing how it's taken, you know, four years, but it sounds so tedious and so many moving parts that I can't even begin to Think of how do, how you guys are doing that. Where will it be shown?
1: Uh, well, we don't know yet. There's a couple distributors that are being looked at, and we don't know if it's going to be theatrical or just, you know, Netflix and Amazon and all of those. So we're not totally sure yet. It's going to be dependent on what size distributor we're able to actually get involved in the in the film.
0: Nice. I can't wait. Please let me know when it's ready to go out there. I'd love to share that yeah, with absolutely. our audience. Awesome, awesome. Can you tell out oh, jammers here how you actually got involved in creating your own space like that? Was it just out of a need for your own recording that you decided to open up a studio? Or is it just something that you always wanted to do and you finally found like you had the time and the, the, uh, the finances to do it and make it happen?
1: Well, that's a great question. And funny, in life, a lot of times, uh, I like that there's an old Green Day song that says... I, I, I can't remember what song, what's the name of the song, uh, but it, there's a line in it that says, life grabs you by the hand and tells you where to go. And I feel like the, the whole studio situation for me is was kind of like that. I mean, when I was touring with Alice Cooper, uh, I started buying, um, back in that day, this is the late 80s. And I bought a programmable keyboard, and I bought a four-track recorder so that I could write songs on the road. Because when you're on the road, it's a very um, it takes up 24 hours a day. And at the end of the day, you know you you've done this tour, but if you if you haven't written any songs, if you haven't produced anything, then you've really wasted your time, kind of in a sense, because you played that show for an hour and a half each day, but you know the other 22 and a half hours. Uh, you know, has been kind of a waste. So uh, I bought a a programmable keyboard and a four track and I started writing songs. And then that kind of grew into uh, when I was in the House of Lords in the early 90s. uh, We had a thing called an Akai 12 track, which was a 12 track recorder. And this is what the start of where you're really being able to record something that's fairly high quality in your own environment. Nice. As a matter of fact, one of our hit songs called can't find my way home, which went to number six in billboard was actually the recording that we did on our high 12 track. Wow. And we, we, we couldn't duplicate it in the major studio. So we took the 12 <laughs> track, we bounced it to a 32 track digital. We redid the drums and bass and that's where I first started learning like Wow, you don't need to spend, you know, $2,000 a day on a studio to actually get great product. So that sort of grew into me buying my own 12 track and then 8 came out and then Pro Tools came out and I've been working with Pro Tools since it was 8 tracks. Wow. <laughs> and now you have, you know, basically infinite tracks, infinite. but I remember when it was 8 tracks and you could put on a one band EQ on each, you know, on two of the channels. And we thought, wow, this is incredible. And we, and we we could do things like edit vocals. We could take pieces of one vocal track and edit it into a piece of another. And we thought that was, you know, at the time it was like witchcraft. You know, we were like, <laughs> what is this strange, you know, thing that we're working with? This is incredible. And then that grew into Pro Tools and an SSL and, And I think what happened is I started producing my own albums and uh, had some success doing that. And uh, little by little, I I think the first two albums I I produced ended up getting picked up by record companies. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those things where it's like, okay, you're a producer. (laughs) And uh, you know, life kind of, life grabbed me by the hand and said, okay, you know, this is what you're doing. And then the studio turned into this, you know, I I would say, honestly, uh, you know, it, it turned into kind of a wildly successful entity, um, but I think it was the right thing at the right time. I'm not sure you can really duplicate that kind of thing today. You know, a lot of people come down to the studio, occasionally we will have um, a class from different colleges, like Mesa Community College usually comes down once a quarter and, you know, I'll tell them about the studio and the equipment we have and how it was built and and how we turned it into this, you know, kind of a, you know, I would say, a, you know, it's a small business, but at the same time, in music production, it's one of the bigger music production facilities, and how we did that, and I always tell them, well, this was based on yesteryear's industry, you know, that's not based on today's industry, this is based on the industry that was around in the late 90s, and you know, the two thousands. And so you have to think different now, like nowadays you can't really have this huge SSL console and all these different things. Cause there's really not the business to support it. You have to think a little bit smaller and a lot of people are doing mm. things now where it's all in the box and um, looks more like my home studio. Like I'll show you real quick. Like this is my home studio.
0: Oh,
1: oh that's complexity. awesome.
0: You can kind of see,
1: uh, I don't know what I'm showing you exactly. Oh, I
0: see everything. That's awesome. You know, there's
1: just a little, you know, there's just a little mic preamp and, uh, you know, a little Pro Tools interface, a laptop, a a little keyboard. Um, You know, this is the movie I was actually talking about. These are sound effects and things we're laying out. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is basically my home studio and that's That's what most people's actual studios look like nowadays. So... Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. You can do some tremendous, you know, tremendous work in your own little workspace. And, you know, for what I'm doing here, like for the Flats of Album, there's certain things that I have to do at at the main Sonic Fish productions, um, like drums. You know, you have to have a good sounding drum room. You have to have good sounding drum mics. Um, You have to, you know, have great preamps and uh, a great, a great a to D converter system. Uh, so, you know, but if you have that, you can do a lot of other things. Like I'll do a lot of the, um, orchestration, a lot of uh, keyboard programming, uh, background vocals, you know, I'll do a lot of different things at, at my home studio and, and not actually have to go down to the, the big facility.
0: I love that because, you know, you can save a lot of time and money if you can do something at home.
1: You know, and that's the other thing, too, is the tools that we have nowadays compared to what we had mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the 90s or the 2000s. I mean, you know, you've got drum uh, programming uh, things like um, Superior Drummer, you know, that sound, you know, if it's a simple drum part, it sounds like a real drummer. You know, if, you, if, yeah, if it's too complex of a drum part, it starts sounding a little phony. but You know, for the most part, if you're doing country songs or you're doing simple pop songs or whatever, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so many options now of creating great music. I mean, especially if you're doing EDM stuff, you know, you can you can create some great albums on a laptop. You know, there's so many good programs. And I know some mixers in Nashville that are they've gone completely what's called in the box. And they're, you know, award winning Grammy award winning mixers and they're (laughs) mixing everything down on a laptop. Right. So and it sounds great. So yeah. you know, what are you what are you gonna say?
0: It's true. I mean, even just being able to do my own podcast these days in my home without having to go into a studio to record anything. I mean, I get blown away by that every day, down and stuff like that. And all the money that you know, even there they saved a lot of money by but still, I mean, the thing that you can have it in your house at your fingertips and you can actually buy things pretty affordably these days. I mean, I was looking at some different programs, and I was shocked that, you know, I was like, oh, wow, it's not what I thought it would be. I thought there were going to be like thousands of dollars, and they were just a few hundred dollars, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive, because, you know, whether you're a guitarist, a drummer, or a singer, or like you say, a producer, an engineer, you can find so many different tools out there that you can use at home, and not spend a fortune, and just tinker around. You never know what you're going to come up with when you do that, you know, it's pretty amazing.
1: Absolutely, Yeah.
0: Yeah. About time is almost uh, coming to a close here. I, do you do any live stream uh, with Flotsam and Jetson right now? Anything on, online that you guys are doing?
1: Well, we've talked about it, and we, we there's a, one of our friends who's running a fairly large uh, – I'm trying to remember the – I don't remember exactly the name of it, but it's a, It's basically a. – they're starting, like, a streaming service. I think it's going to – actually, mm. it's – I think it's called Streaming for Vengeance, which is pretty funny. Wow. Um, <laughs> they asked us to do like a five song live performance. Um, you know, the challenge is, is, you know, you have to find a place that can do that, you know, with the cameras and and the mics and being able to record it properly. And so, you know, we're very much wanting to do it. Uh, I don't know, you know, we'll see if if that's going to be something that, you know, we have the ability to, you know, to put together. It just really depends on if we can find somewhere that can do that and, and make it look professional and, and sound professional. So, right. um, you know, certainly that's always important as well.
0: <laughs> so how can our jammers stay in touch and, you know, see what's going on with you and yeah, are you on social media? And so what are your I am. And they they you could are...
1: certainly look me up. Uh, I'm, I'm Ken Mary, uh, I think one or something. Cause apparently somebody else had Ken Mary on Facebook, but, oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, my Facebook, it's very obvious that it's me. there's drumming pictures all over the place and some yeah. studio stuff. And, video clips and so they'll know that it's me and uh i'm on instagram as well i don't really do twitter just because i don't really i don't know it just seems like an odd format to me like i'm limited to a certain amount of words and i don't know i I just never really got into it i am on it i never use it so Mm -hmm. i mean if they want to really get in touch with me i'd say probably instagram or facebook would be the best way
0: to do that awesome perfect and please please let me know when those releases come out so that I can share a link to everybody with those. And, and I can't wait to see them and hear it. It just sounds exciting. Thank you. Again. Well, thank
1: you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you. Hopefully we talk again soon.
0: You got it, Ken. Stay safe. All right. Take care. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for being here again today. And remember, to check out The Little Drummer Girl for more live interviews with musicians, artists, and entrepreneurs at LILdrummergirl.com. We'll see you soon.